Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about, one fewer thing to worry about, if you ask me, and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, we're down under now, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory, or Hungry Jack's if you're in Australia, HJ's as we like to say. Many of your local favorite restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BIRDS. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BIRDS. Don't forget that's code BIRDS, B-I-R-D-S, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheila, and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins. Till Zach runs off with his valet keys, he's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheila, and Zach coming at you with steps things flapping their wings on all i know is zach said he has a game where eagles don't reach both seven thousand and i said i'm in let's go let's do it and, and so the yeah purpose that's of, what of, i really what i needed was not to get at least one more reader hello everybody and welcome to a post-game edition of birds with friends it is 906 on a sunday evening early for a post-game pod i am here in my basement Zach Berman is there in his, although I don't know, you could be, you know, on your roof deck or uh, in the bathroom. I don't know where you are in your house. How are you doing, Zach? I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Excited for this podcast. It's not the same. Not It's not the same doing it separately and not in person, but there's it's not much the same that we're it's, adjusting it's to. It's not as much fun for me, uh, you know, to get to look into your exhausted eyes um, <laughs> and like the exasperation in your soul that we are still going at you know, 3.30 in the morning, so, you know. We're two weeks away from a Sunday night game, so oh, gosh. that will be, it's coming up. Mm, poor Marissa. Okay, well, uh, we've got a, we've got a dandy to talk about, Zach. The, uh, the Eagles, well, they stink, and they made that clear in losing to the Rams 37-19, to and I think, uh, you know, I think what comes to mind for me about this game and about this team through two games is, you know, the thing that she likes to say about how, like, uh, the best teams can win in, in you know, multiple ways. Well, mm-hmm. the Eagles proved today that they can lose in multiple ways. Um, in many ways, this was the sort of opposite of week one, a game in which they took the lead um, and were bombs away on offense. And the defense, you know, sort of did its part, maybe lacked a big play, but uh, wasn't terrible. 
In this game, the Eagles fell behind early. Uh, they sort of tried to come back and then, you know, blew it again. The offense was the garbanzo beans bog we saw all of last year, despite whatever uh, new additions there were. And the defense, boy, was the defense horrid, just in every way, looking unprepared against an offense uh, that does the same thing every time it plays. And they gave up 191 rushing yards, which is the most they've given up under Jim Schwartz since 2016. Jared Goff had a like 141 plus quarterback rating or whatever, which is like the third best they've given up under Schwartz. So uh, against the run and the pass, terrible. So all of these reinforcements who were brought in for this game, you got a special Jalen Hurts package. All it amounted to was another disastrous performance for a team that right now is looking at a very, very ugly season. Yes, I, I think that's that's well said. I'm sorry I, I didn't give you a question there. Well, the last part, it might be premature to say they're heading that I way, mean, but certainly you you you've got you've got your work cut out for you to talk me out of that being <laughs> to to tell me that's premature. But the way they're they're playing now, I think it's it's fair to be very concerned, and it's it's alarming on both sides of the ball. You you outlined the defense, and that defensive line is supposed to be their strength. When you see the amount of resources, whether it is salary cap space or draft picks allocated to that position, and they're not getting their hands on Jared Goff, and they're not stopping the run. Uh, and then on offense, uh, Jared Goff, Wentz, who just who just crumbles at the like the smallest sign of pressure, just absolutely craters if there's anybody near him at all, and they just they couldn't even get around him. Yeah, and then Carson Wentz just not playing well enough and the excuse of his offensive line does not hold up this week because I thought the offensive line did much better did uh, the uh, the excuse of the wide receivers from from last year does not hold up uh because there is more talent well that's at, debatable well it's like you you can't say that he's playing without the Sean and he's playing with it you know without he 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 has better players than he did at the end of last year at that position he does. is my point. And I'm not this certainly does not absolve yeah. absolve Carson Wentz who has been um terrible through the first two games. But uh I think you can still say that they did not do enough at wide receiver. I oh, mean no, I the fact that they're you, but... playing twelve percent twelve personnel seventy five percent of the snaps in this game tells you that they didn't do enough at wide receiver. My point is those excuses that have been made to rationalize Carson's performances, whether it was last week or at times in the past, those those don't carry water today. I, I mean, Carson sure. did not play well enough, and it's it's two consecutive games here. He he has nine multi interception games in his career. Two have been the past two weeks. Uh, First time they've know, ever been in back to back weeks. Yeah. So so you you look and and the timing of the, of the interceptions too, and and we'll get to it. But the one he threw today when they had. They had the momentum in the game. They they could have taken the lead. They, they were in 21 yard Mo. line. They had Uncle Mo re- locked and loaded in the car, buckled his seatbelt, <laughs> and then they then they got an accident. Yeah, first and ten, and it's it's just it's not a play that you, that you need to make on first and ten. So when when you talk about situational, that's the awareness, first out of third base, right? The uh, the interception on first down. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, mm. So yeah, there's there's a lot to get to here. I don't I don't want to step on your toes because you're in the driver's seat here. But uh, I so I'll, I'll just say that like Carson Wentz did that. There's a lot of blame to go around here, and at some point, 
I don't know if it's today. I don't know if it's coming next week. I, I, I don't know if it's a few weeks away. But it can't just be described as an underachieving team. It might just be they're, they're achieving to the level they are because there are some holes personnel-wise that I think the Rams saw and the Rams are taking advantage of. Well, yeah, and this is not, um, you know, one of the things that is, I, I think, so soul-crushing if you're an Eagles fan is that uh, this is not the kind of team where you can be, like, just sort of looking for some signs of progress. I mean, this this team has, I believe, like this, you know, the second highest cash spend of any roster in the league. Mm -hmm. They've still got a lot of key players who are old and, you know, only declining. And there's not a lot of there's not a lot of like young guys to get excited about on this team. So it's not like the future is bright here. This is like this is the end of the road already. So, uh, you know, it's if you were looking for some kind of distraction to uh, keep your mind off of the terrible things going on in the world. I don't think this Eagles team is going to provide it. And, and the other part to consider too, is that this is the portion of their schedule that was supposed to be more manageable that, you know, the, I mean, the, the Rams are a decent team. They were in the Super Bowl two years ago. They were nine and seven last year. Uh, they have talent. Um, so that's a good team they played here, but it's, it's your home opener. And I, I know the home opener doesn't carry the same weight that it did, or, or or that it does when the crowd's full. But but last week, you're down in Washington against a team you, sh you should beat, who Arizona handled easily today. Yeah, because uh, they stink. That's a and, terrible team. And, and the Eagles lost that. And then today, you know, they 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 lost, like, decidedly. The, the it, it wasn't even close. The, the Rams were considerably better. Uh, and then, you know, so they have the Bengals next week. And you look at the stretch that comes after that, the Eagles don't have much margin for error here, and they're going to have to win games that you don't expect them to win. And, you know, the, the one thing that they do have, or at least have always had going for them, is that they get to play in the NFC East. But the uh, Cowboys' ridiculous comeback uh, mitigates that somewhat. So they are, uh, they are, I guess, one game back of both the Cowboys and the football team. Um I guess let's start with before the game, Zach. Well, why don't we take this chronologically? Uh, the Eagles are, you know, they do get some reinforcements. J Javon Hargrave, Derek Barnett, Miles Sanders, Brandon Graham all return. And uh, in a bit of a surprise, Jalen Hurts active as the second quarterback. And he was used uh, as a decoy for, I believe, three snaps in this game. Flexed out wide, and uh, you know a couple pump fakes from Carson Wentz to open things up. That package looked, you know, looked fine. I don't know if it was worth a second round pick, but uh, you know at least there was some creativity there. What did you make of uh, the things that went on before this game? Yeah, so I thought what you said, you said it well there. That that they had more reinforcements. I I, I do think last week, you know, personnel was an issue. That obviously missing Lane Johnson, missing Miles Sanders. Uh, missing Derek Barnett, missing Javon Hargrave, so you so you have those four players back, and and those are top of the roster players, so that that sh that should help you. Uh, and then Jalen Hurts, your second round pick, like you said, he's in the lineup. You're expecting some creativity, and and I I think you said it well. You know they they did have productive plays on those snaps, um, so there was something there, and and it's probably a package that they could expand upon going forward uh 
But overall, like they they didn't get enough from the players that were back, and in particular, the defensive linemen. Because I don't want to step on your toes, and I know it's something you're uh, writing on, but they need more from their defensive line. And Hargrave is their $13 million a year player, and and Derek Barnett's a first-round pick. They keep talking about being a breakout player. And again, I, I haven't watched all the game through yet for the defensive side. I, I skimmed through it uh, recently or this afternoon for some Carson stuff. But um, just watching with my naked eyes, I didn't see enough mm, from careful that defensive that. line. It's a PG, PG show. Yeah, so that, 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 that defensive line did not do enough. Well, Derek Barnett had uh, you know one tackle and one assist, so that's a that's a big game for him. And uh, Javon Hargrave, who who did play, you know, played like uh, you know a, not a maybe not significant, but he played probably I would guess about close to a third of the snaps. Not a single uh, not a single tackle or assist doesn't even register on the stat sheet. So uh, a good debut for him. And uh, Fletcher Cox, what do you know? Uh, another you know he had he had a, a tackle for a loss, so he had a TFL. And uh, no sacks, no no pressures. Oh, I guess he did have one pressure. It's not on the statute, but I think he did. Um, but you know, these the all of these players who are who are being paid to be difference makers, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, uh, Darius Slay. You know, Darius Slay was good in this game, right? You, you know, they they I think he was he gave up like one catch, something like that. He's getting paid a ton of money. You give a third round pick, and he was good. And the team still gave up 39 points. So yeah. maybe the that wasn't guy, the best investment. Well, so, so I'll say Brandon Graham flashed in, 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 in the in Brandon the Graham, day, like week in and week out, is the one guy who, who you can count on. He's the one guy who brings it. But the thing that, that I would be concerned about, in addition to that defensive line, is and, and we've talked about it all along throughout the offseason, but their blind spot to linebackers. Uh it really seemed that that was something that 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 the Rams were picking on. Now I know they were picking on everything, but uh, like how many times did did you either see missed tackles, or you know I'm, I mean it's easy to say we saw Nate Gary trailing Tyler Higby. Yeah, that that one seemed seemed more schematic to me as a mm-hmm. as a mistake than it did just on Gary. But I mean certainly Gary was not good in this game. But when they run the way they do. Like the the linebackers need to take a a big role in that. Is that fair to say? Of course. I mean yeah. the defensive line and the linebackers. Yes. Absolutely. I mean this this defense looked completely unprepared. Let's. Uh, I mean let, we can get away from like the the chronology of the game and just talk about the defense first because it was really bad. Uh, I think the Rams scored on like six of eight drives. Uh, if you don't count the end of half, uh, you know kneel downs and stuff. And. And one of the one of the two stops was like a fourth and one that that they should have gone for it. Um, they there was nothing that the Eagles could do to stop them, and it this was like this was not something they should have been unprepared for. This is like this was like staple stuff from the Rams, and it, and McVeigh was panting Jim Schwartz, and I think there are like a lot of questions. You know, one is, uh, you know, as you say, does is that because uh, a lot because of the the lack of investment in linebacker. I don't think so. I think the problems are much deeper than that, and I think it's easy to point to the linebackers because they've been uh, so ignored by the front office. But uh, you know, the safeties didn't cover themselves in glory, and and as you said, the big money defensive line that you're counting on to dominate the line of scrimmage against the Rams' offensive line that was bad last year 
they did very little. And, you know, it's just uh, like, what is Jim Schwartz doing? And it makes you wonder, you know, uh, this six, like all of the success that they've had on defense the past few years, uh, you know, maybe Malcolm Jenkins was a bigger part of it than we thought. Yeah, and, and you and you brought up safety. When you talk about resources to, to, to linebacker, we can probably throw in safety there. They they went with the less expensive option in terms of the, the returning player. They moved the cornerback over to safety. Like, you know, they, they didn't in, invest that second-round pick in, in Jeremy Chin or, you know, they they – they used their fourth round pick on a, on a, on a, on a safety. They signed Roddy McLeod on a discount deal, and they moved Jalen Mills over. Um, so yeah. yeah, so so they really built this defense a certain way. They put the money into the into the into the defensive line and the number one cornerback, and and and, and they kind of they're trying to make it work with everything else. And the defensive line is underperforming. The number one cornerback is not at fault here, but he's not, you know, he, they're, they are owing to right now. And, and the other parts, uh, are playing probably to, to what you're paying them to do. You know, they, they don't have a, a linebacker among the top 30 on their payroll this year. They're paying their long snapper more than they're paying any linebacker. Uh, <laughs> good, and it idea. probably shows in performance. Uh, Nikhil Roby Coleman, you know, who had this game circled on his calendar uh, against his former team, <laughs> uh, he did not. He was dusted throughout this game as well. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But and, you know, a top five corner who they were able to get for a, uh, you know, a steal. And you got to think Sean McVay liked that matchup, right? You know, I would say so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just uh, like I don't even know what to say about the defense because, like. I think there is probably I, I think there is some room for hope that that uh, this was more of an aberration than than like a sign of terrible things to come because the defensive line you would you would expect like has to be better than this. Uh, I think the linebackers are who they are, but like I don't know like to 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 come out and look so unprepared for an offense that that like did not do new stuff mm-hmm. is really disheartening. I think. Yeah, well, I mean the, the and the defense and the de- and and who they have played well against in the past. But you say like like the 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 Rams aren't doing new stuff. This is they yeah, maybe, maybe that's they, underselling things a little bit. Yeah, sure. they they do this to other teams. But your point being, and this is accurate, the Eagles looked like totally flummoxed, totally unprepared. And the the thing that I, I would point out is they played against this offense twice in the past. Um, and they've played well against this offense twice in the past. Uh, so this group did 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 not seem prepared. Uh, and you obviously need to start with the defensive coordinator, but you also need to factor in you know the personnel. And it's it's different personnel than the personnel that was on the field in 2017, and different personnel that was on the field in 2018. And that might matter. You know, I I I think that. Uh, we we can't, and I imagine you're getting to this, but but there are there have been a series of personnel decisions, uh, and especially on the defensive side of the ball, where the Eagles have have really overturned things that maybe they were just bad personnel decisions. Well, I think that's certainly possible. It is hard to, um, you know, it's hard to divorce things when uh, you're talking about like roster construction and bad play 
to uh, say that this was both like this was both a bad decision, but also the player himself is underachieving. Like the player himself should also be doing better. You know? Yes. Um. So yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're pretty much terrible across the board. Right now, know. yes. I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's yeah, it's I two mean, games, I know. but it you is know, it's two games. It we is all, what we have you know, to go off. Post game pod is overreaction theater, but <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, this it's just you know. The Eagles are opening up as six-point favorites against the Bengals at home next week, and uh, that seems like that seems like a come get your money for for as a as a bet on the Bengals. Well, <laughs> not necessarily. You know, I mean, this well, sure. defensive line. Everything is not it, necessarily, but if if you watch the Bengals on on Thursday night, I'll put it this way: if, if yeah, the I Eagles' did. defensive line does not play well Thursday. You're you're talking about the Eagles going after a top five, top ten pick, like because mm. then they would have nothing to hang their hat on. Uh, this is a game Thursday night when they're I'm sorry on on Sunday when their defensive line uh, should should be able to take advantage of Cincinnati. Uh, it, and it's so I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but it's so imperative that the Eagles win that game because f after that you're looking. At San Francisco, Pittsburgh. At San Francisco, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. So it's it's like it, it doesn't get any easier. Probably. Oh, and six, on the huh? What's that? Oh, and six. <laughs> well, I mean, if they lose to Cincinnati, if you're saying Cincinnati is is a, a line that people should be putting their money in on the Bengals mm-hmm. right now, then yeah, then then you're looking at oh, okay. Six. Then you go to San Francisco. That's a loss. Then you go to Pittsburgh. That's a loss. Then you play the Ravens. You know, if you could, if you couldn't handle I think it the might rant, be inverse, right? It might be the inverse. I go to Pittsburgh and then it's home versus the Ravens. Isn't that what I said? I aren't they home against the Ravens and and then at Pittsburgh or is it the other way around? No, no, it's the other way around. It's the other way around. It's okay. at Pittsburgh, then home Ravens, uh, and then you know if you couldn't if if your if your linebackers couldn't handle the Rams offense, I don't think there's much chance against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Zero and six. Then you play. Uh, then you play the Giants at home on Thursday night. Obviously a loss. Zero and seven. Uh, then you play the Cowboys. I don't think anybody's stopping that offense. Zero uh, and eight. Then you go back to this is so dumb. I this makes me so mad. The playing the Giants three times in or twice in twice. three games. Yeah, Ridiculous. They did it last After the bye. So yeah. So you go into the bye at zero and eight. You come back refreshed. You know you get dug after the bye and you win at the Giants one and eight. Then you go to Cleveland. You win that one two and eight. Then you play the Seahawks at home. On a Monday night, that's a win. Three and eight at the Packers. Four and eight. Saints at home. Five and eight. The resurgent. Oh, these 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 impressive Cardinals. That's got to be a loss. So you go five and nine at the Cowboys. Win six and nine, and then you finish the season at home against Washington. That's a win. So uh, no, no, that's a loss. So let's call it six, call it six and ten. Six and all right. we'll see. Uh, look, we'll see what happens. I mean, I I vividly recall. I mean, listen, being... this team has you know they have come back from stuff before. Yeah. Um. And uh. You know they do love to play the uh. You know disrespect card. And I think like too often they paint themselves into that like it's the only card they know how to play. Um, Certainly, Doug. Yeah. But like w- this team was also four and eight last year. It's I think it's we, well, we've been talking not about four this. And eight. They finished four nine and eight. seven. So, so yeah, four and seven. Okay, four and yeah. seven. Um. Or well, what were they? Yeah, five and seven. And then they won their last four. Okay, five. Wait, well, that's what they were. Five and seven. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So like we talk about this team, I think too much like a uh, you know a, a recent Super Bowl champion and three times in the playoffs. Like 
This team was five and seven last year. Mm-hmm. At one point, so and the year before that they were what four and six, right? and they basically brought every. I don't know. I just, I think this team. Um, uh, I think there is a uh, misperception of what they are internally. I think I think there's some self delusion about about what they are. No, I I I think that's a a legitimate argument to make, and and the the reason I'm hesitant to to to. Uh, Say they're completely doomed is is I, I I vividly remember being in Miami last year doing that yeah. podcast with you then and and that was a bad team and that was a bad loss and I actually don't really remember doing that podcast. Okay, I do. What um, were we? What were we? Uh... We had a guy come in during the <laughs> podcast warning us about the uh, the area. You know. Oh, that. that's right. <laughs> that I do remember. Yeah, yeah. He he was saying that. Um, yeah, if it was we don't not leave a good soon, area. Yeah. If we don't leave soon, yeah. we might not make it. Yeah. yeah. Um. In <laughs> any right. respect, um. The. Uh, well, here we are. But where I would say this year's team's different is during training camp, we all commented that. That that this team might not be as good as they think, and that that there are holes here. I, I I like what you're saying about them being delusional, or 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 them not being honest with themselves when they assess this. That's a good. This, that's a good this way this to phrase it. Uh, I I don't view like I'm looking at this team and I'm saying, is this a bad game or is it, or is this a bad team? And it might be be on 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 that spectrum. It might be leaning more toward the bad team component of it. I mean, they bas- like the decision they made this offseason, like the way the decisions they made were, were uh, we are a shutdown corner away. Right? I mean, you know, you, you I, add Hargrave because I mean, you think he's a good bargain, not bargain, but like a good opportunity to buy a starting caliber player. Uh, you, you fix the coaching staff, you think, on offense because you think that's a bigger uh, thing of importance than, you know, adding more wide receiver talent. You, you... Uh, decide that you're going to be, you know, whatever happens in the first round, you're going to be fine with in terms of adding a wide receiver. But what we really need to do, what this, what the, the thing that's going to put this team over the top is a shutdown corner, 29 years old as he may be. And you know what? He's been what they bought, and it's made no difference. Yeah. Look, I mean, you're, 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 you are correct about that, but there were a series of offseason decisions that were questionable. And it starts with you look at the way the offense played today. Uh, they they did not do much at, at wide receiver other than expect a healthy Deshaun and add Jalen Rager in the first round, right? Uh, yeah. And Jalen Rager in the first round, we've discussed it, the history of, of rookie wide receivers being like significant contributors you're betting against history there. And Deshaun Jackson, he looked outstanding in week one last year. There's no question about that. But there's a history there, too, that, that shows there's consi- that shows there are consistency questions. Uh, and through two games this season, Deshaun hasn't been much of a factor, correct? Uh, yeah, I think that's certainly fair to say. He was not targeted at all in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then, then I had, I believe... Uh, let me pull it up real quick. He had da, 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 six catches for 64 yards in the second half, and you know nothing deep, uh, a long of 25. I mean, it's we say nothing deep because you expect you know a deep pass for Deshaun Jackson, but um, that 25-yard catch was the longest play of the day for the Eagles. 
uh, and he does do that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it hasn't it hasn't changed the shape of the offense. And what we did see, what well, we can get to the offense because uh, it was interesting the way how the way they called the game completely differently than they did against Washington. But uh, you're right. I mean, the again, the players you're you're counting on to make an impact are are not doing so. And I'm sure that uh, you know if if the season keeps going like it's going, you're going to get more finger pointing in you know back channels in the front office. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, you know, it'll it'll be. It's not that we brought in the wrong players. It's that they're not being utilized the right way, right? Like, sure. That, that I I do think that's I do think that's one spin on it. But I, I'm I'm gonna say this ahead of time. Like the ex, an excuse that that you might hear that that well, Brandon Brooks was a big injury. Uh, teams hmm. deal with injuries. You know, San Francisco's losing Nick Bosa, right? Uh, you you go on down the list. I mean, there are Brandon Brooks is is an outstanding player, but but that shouldn't cripple your offensive line. Then then you lose Andre Dort in camp. I get that. Ultimately, though, when I look at this offense, I say that that they cannot overcome their quarterback. Like they need their quarterback to be outstanding. They need their quarterback to be very good to outstanding. Yeah. They they're not good enough elsewhere that their quarterback can just be okay and they can get by. Uh, and Carson Wentz, it has, through through two weeks, he has underperformed, and they don't have the talent elsewhere to overcome an underperforming quarterback. And, I, you know, I don't know. It does seem like this team, more than others, really does sort of follow its quarterback. Don't you feel yeah. like? Absolutely, and I think that's that's the way the Eagles. See I don't know it. if that's like yeah, I don't know if that's because we're so close and like I don't follow other teams as closely, but uh, it really does seem like if Wentz plays well, the team plays well. It, like I mean, it was it was I mean, of course it's the it's the most important position, and so that would make sense that it has the most impact. But I I like I can think of other teams where like they they, they overcome a bad day from the quarterback or. Uh, you know, or or vice versa. The quarterback's playing great, but the defense isn't playing great. It's it's it seems like it does go uh, together with the Eagles. I yes. don't know. Maybe and, that's and like I've a heard... completely uninsightful thing to say. No, no, no. You're you're correct about this. I I think that's the way Howie wanted it to be, and mm, put uh, it on Howie. And and it's set up here that. But look, I I don't think the quarterback is 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 going to be the first fall guy. I'll put it that way. Um, well, so, but Carson Wentz needs to play better. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to make excuses for Carson Wentz here, and I, I don't think excuses can be made for Carson Wentz. This isn't the coaching staff. This isn't the offensive line. This isn't the wide receivers. Uh, Carson Wentz needs to play better. Period. Like that. That there are other factors you need to look at, but it starts with Carson Wentz. All right, let's uh, let's transition to Carson Wentz. And before we do that, let's just remember, I love the way that Carson Wentz has opened this season. He's had a great start to the year. Said no one ever. Check if refinancing with Ernest could help you lower your monthly payments. Checking takes just two minutes. If you've been making the same monthly payment on your student loans for the last couple years, odds are, you could reduce your payment and save by refinancing with Earnest. Even if you've refinanced before with today's low rate environment, most people could save by refinancing again. Checking your new rate is fast and easy. To start, 
complete a few questions online. It only takes two minutes. That's just as long as it takes for the Eagles to fall down 7 nothing. Then you'll get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. Want to check your monthly payment, combine many loans into one easy payment, or get a better rate? Earnest makes it easy. Plus, there's no origination fee or any other fees. Plus, a double plus, the internet loves Ernest's customer service. They're rated 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. That's actually the same grade the Eagles had on J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And now you can get one a $100 cash bonus when you refinance a student loan with Ernest.com slash birds. Once again, you get a $100 cash bonus when you refi your student loan at Ernest.com slash birds. Not available in all states. Visit Ernest.com slash birds for more details. Terms and conditions apply. Ernest student loan refinancing loans are made by Ernest Operations LLC and MLS number 1204917. California financing law license number 605-4788-303 Second Street Suite 401 North San Francisco, California 94107 is your zip code. Visit Ernest.com slash licenses for a full list of licensed states. Now, our listeners already heard Bo give his gambling advice for next week. That's because week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three. There is no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week three, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. This is a can't-miss one. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place one a, a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? Don't worry if football is not for you. DraftKings is giving all you MMA fans the same great offer to use for this weekend's UFC 253. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Just download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TOSS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during Week 3, bet $1 on the team, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code TOSS during sign-up for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Zachary, let's talk a little bit about uh, Carson Wentz and the offense. And uh, we did see a totally different game plan from the offense in this game after last week when they gave up eight sacks and the uh, offensive line was beleaguered and uh, Carson Wentz was not able to get rid of the ball. And, uh, you know, part of that is because the Rams were certainly playing a different style. They were playing, you know, mostly too high and trying to take away the deep ball from the Eagles. And they didn't blitz a lot. And the Eagles responded in kind by going back to the bog. And we saw a ton of 12 personnel, 75% of the time by my uh, charting. And I missed just a couple plays, but uh, that's what they did. You know, a lot of, a lot of Ertz and Goddard. And uh, Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Rager played together after not playing together much in the first game. They probably they, they pretty much tried to stay with that uh, core five of their you know what they view as their five best mm-hmm. offensive skill players. Those four and Miles Sanders. Yeah, Miles Sanders, yeah. And uh, you know it was quick passes, short passes, back to the bog, 
And, you know, uh, once again, it was lots of short completions, difficult drives to maintain, and uh, turnovers. Again, and Carson Wentz was bad. He missed uh, a ton of layups in this game. The interception to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, I know you wrote about, so you can tell us a little bit about it, but uh, that was certainly a probably the biggest play in the game. And I will say, the offensive line held up well. Um, and Isaac Sayamalo left this game and did not return in the second quarter, was replaced by Matt Pryor, who it turns out is alive and is not a walking turnstile necessarily at the guard position. The Eagles uh, held Aaron Donald without a sack again. So four games, no sacks for Mr. Donald against the Eagles' career. But uh, Carson Wentz, not good enough in this game. Bad, frankly. Uh, what did you make of uh, the performance from the quarterback? Yes, yeah, so for the quarterback, so for the offense overall, I had a little different read than than you did. But I'll I'll start with the quarterback. Okay, uh, uh, Carson Wentz was not good enough, and I, I I said that before we we read the ads. I thought that he he missed throws, so that was one thing. And I, I he just he misses so many throws yeah, that are right there, just just incompletions that that need to be completions. Uh, there was that problem. one. There was that one third down throw to Ertz. Where he had a step, you know, yeah, and it just it just like floated out of his hands, like yeah. like it was like a Clips and Thorpin pass. He had the fourth down past the Goddard that that just missed him. The one yeah. late in the game, uh, and and just overall, just just the incompletions. I don't know if it's timing. I don't know if it's accuracy. Whatever no it is. What's that? No sacks. It's it's. Uh, I mean, timing with his pass catchers, something's something's off there, and he needs to be better. And then the interception, uh, let's let's talk about that JJ Ortega Whiteside interception. Okay, so at that point they had it was the twelfth play of the drive. So the Eagles get themselves into a twenty-one-three hole to begin the game. They they claw their way back. They make it a one thanks possession to, game. Thanks to a uh, a terrible decision by Cooper Cup to even field that punt to begin mm-hmm. with, and then a great play by T.J. Edwards to yeah. uh, to force a fumble. The Eagles take advantage of that, and then they get their one good defensive stop of the game. That force that three, three and out, out to start the, the second like, half. You you come out of halftime, force them to punt on on three plays. Uh, and the offense puts together a drive, and Sean McVay even said it after Uncle the game. Uncle Mo is on the way. He the is Eagles coming for had, a visit. The Eagles had the momentum, and a first and ten play. Uh, Carson, he's in the shotgun play action to Sanders. He Move rolls the pocket. to his. They, they still didn't move, do a ton of moving the pocket, but they did it a little bit. Yeah. yeah, he 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 takes a few steps to his left, stops, squares his body, and throws. I guess you can say it was it was across his body. It was certainly to the other hash. It was still to the opposite. It was hash definitely across his body of of where he was, and uh, to JJ Ortega Whiteside who had a step on the cornerback. And, well, and maybe. Uh, what's that? Maybe. No, I mean I I watched it back. He he did have a step on the. On I know, the but I think that that step is a little bit misleading. Well, so then. It comes down to was the pass bad or was the read bad? I'm not both. I'm I'm not going to sit here and say JJ should have been more aggressive on the ball. Perhaps he should have, but Carson made the decision to throw it. And you had this, and we spoke to Carson after the game about this specific play. And Carson said he was trying to get it in there before the safety closed. If if you go back and watch, you see Jordan Fuller, number thirty-two, 
uh, he's inside the 10-yard line, and he's and he's closing in. So you you already have this very tight window, okay? And Carson doesn't loft it to the back of the end zone where maybe JJ makes a play mm-hmm. uh, on at that that at the at the back of the end zone, and if not, it, it goes incomplete. Like Carson throws a line drive strike. And the cornerback undercuts it. And, and Carson said the cornerback made a great play. And the cornerback did make a nice catch. But Carson put it there for him. Like, it's, if, if you're making that throw uh, on um, a third down late in the game where you need to get a touchdown, all right, I get it. Like, like that's you're, you, you need to make a play there. If, if you're doing it uh, and, and you're in kind of punting range and – if the ball's intercepted, all right, you accept that. I I get it. On a first and ten at the twenty-one yard line, when you're driving, live to see the next down if it's not there. And there's this instinct that Carson Wentz seems to have sometimes. And earlier in his career, it was praised for being this gunslinger, Brett Favre type thing or type mentality. And I think in year five. You you need to make the 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 smart decision. And Doug Peterson said afterwards, either run the ball or throw it incompletion. But like you, what you can't do there is you can't give them the ball. And he gave them the ball. And I understand that there could be people who look at it, who see the who see the tape and say they understand the throw. And JJ needs to make more of a play, or he just needs to throw it earlier. I don't think whatever that's fair it at may all. be. I look at it and and, and say why. That play in that situation, it goes back to situational awareness, where there's no need to force it on a first and ten at the twenty-one yard line. Well, I think you're right that if you know if you're going to make that throw, throw it in the back, you know, loft it in the back of the mm-hmm. end zone and make him go up and get it. Like that was definitely the wrong type of throw to make. And the the flip side is, I think it was uh, Defop Ryan who who said, like, if you see if you look up and JJ Arthego Whiteside is double teamed. That is such good news. It means that somebody else is going to be open. Like if they're wasting a double team on JJ, like that th- that should make you feel so happy, and you should go find the other person who's open. Um, well, so so Fox though, and I know uh, that that's like the called play. That's the shot play that they're calling there. But it, it's I mean he he's barely setting his feet. He's not getting everything into the throw, and then he just tries to fire it in there. It's a it was a terrible throw, and you know. Let's be honest. A step for JJ Ortega Whiteside on the corner is, uh, you know, w- w- that far down the field. That step is going to get smaller. He's not going to. He's not going to create right, more right. separation. He's going to get let that that distance is going to be closed by the cornerback. And and so and so to your point, um, the angle that Fox showed on 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 the replay. It's not the all twenty-two, but it's it's from behind the offense. It's the, it's the sum twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, and what you see not to be in that with frame, the sum what you see in 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 that frame is you see Ertz and Goddard are six yards apart, like almost parallel to each other, with four defenders in in that part of the frame, and then you see JJ when the when the ball's being thrown to him, and there's and there's two guys around him there. Okay, so. Yeah, so that so there probably is a dump off somewhere on the opposite side. I I gotta go back and watch it. Now Carson did roll to his left, so he 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 closed off one side of the field there. Um, but uh, I just don't see how like for for that to be a touchdown, 
It needs to be an outstanding throw and catch. And it's the type of thing where we're sitting here on the post-game show and said he put it in the one spot where J.J. could catch it. Uh, and I don't know if that's the receiver or if that's the, 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 the moment where you need to make that throw. And that was, I mean, that was, that was the game. It, w- it was their best opportunity. Now, now they had, and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get to the sequence because I, I thought you did a good job identifying it in, in the moment. They, they did have a sequence later on where, where they, they could have made it a field goal game potentially. Um, well, and, and they didn't do it, but, uh, but well, and this goes to everybody is not pulling their weight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson Wentz is not pulling his weight. Jim Schwartz is not pulling his weight. You know, the players are not pulling their weight. And Doug Peterson is not pulling his weight right now. And uh, w- let me get the exact situation right so so that I have, uh, you know, we can we can talk about it. Hold on. Let me pull it up. By the way, uh, on our YouTube show the other day, um, I saw that there was uh, a commenter who, who was wondering the – uh, the pout pout fish that I that I read in the uh, Philly accent and that was never answered so I just wanted to answer that for our one uh, listener and the answer is the squid of course who says uh, oh Mr. Fish you kaleidoscope of mope how about a smile a little joy a little hope so there you go <laughs> uh, thank so. you for that contribution to the show <laughs> You're welcome. That's the that's how I killed that time. Okay, so uh, the Eagles are are driving a pretty good drive for them. They get down into the red zone and it stalls. This is with about 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they kick a field goal to go down five, 24-19. However, the Rams go offsides on this field goal, and you could accept that and get a fourth and three at the 10 yard line pick up three yards, and then you have a chance to take the lead or, I guess, tie the game if you if you get the two-point conversion, a chance to tie the game. And Doug Peterson, who uh, wrote a book with the title Fearless, <laughs> decided to take the points. You don't take points off the board. And I just thought that that was such a, a weak decision from a team that, you know, has seen the actual effects of going for it on fourth down and as Coach Flynn likes to say, you can't date the analytics. You got to marry them. You can't just you can't just make those decisions when you feel like it. You got to it plays out well in your favor over the long run. And that was to me an easy decision. It was it was like it was stupefying that they didn't go for it there. I just this team is it's uh, for a while now those decisions have not been who we thought Doug was. Yes, yeah, so I agree with you there, and the reason I agree with you is because you're not on like the 25-yard line there. You're not on the 35-yard line. If if you're a little farther back, you can make the argument, well, um, you know, are are you putting yourself in a high-percentage situation for a, a, a touchdown? Um, and it's three yards. You'd be, you'd be on the 10-yard line. You, you would have a fourth and three at the 10-yard line. If you convert that, you should be able to score and make it a field goal game, and I don't want to jump on you here, but you're probably going to talk about what happened on the next three plays. Everything you're uh, you're saying, I'm probably going to talk about. You can go ahead and say it because I wouldn't trust me. I don't, you know. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so 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 Doug Peterson yeah. keeps the points on the board. 
and he says because he thought they had momentum. I'm not sure they really had momentum at that point. No. No, nonetheless, it's it's 24 19, um, and so it's it's a five point game. So what you need to do is you need to hold them to a field goal to make it a one score game. Uh, and yeah, and you're what, still and you're still going to be chasing points. Like. Exactly. So what happens is first and ten from the Rams. You're still 25. going to need a touchdown at some point anyway. Yes. Henderson rushes forty yards, like just just right up the middle, forty yards. Yep. Uh, then 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 the next play, Henderson for two yards. Then Malik Jackson encroachment, so five yard penalty. Uh, and then Jared Goff just like wide open to Tyler Higby. All you see is 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 Nate Gary trailing him. Uh, it was Higby's third touchdown of the game, and in three plays. The Eagles just just made that Doug Peterson decision look like a poor decision, and really pushed. They they made it at 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 that point a twelve point game. Uh, I had my math wrong initially in the press box. They made it a twelve point game, and it was out of it was basically out of reach for the Eagles at that point. They needed two, and times. the Eagles never scored again. Nope. And even if you don't get it at the ten yard line, the way that the Rams coach like they're not coming out bombs away now maybe they do just run for 40 yards uh on the first uh rush if the defensive line is going to play like that but uh either way uh i mean this was this is like there are some tough decisions this to me was not even a tough decision this was an obvious go and uh i'm sure that uh you know maybe maybe dennis or somebody can tell us what these precise odds were but i think this was like this was a a very obvious go being down eight points especially and I'm going to give you credit. You you said it at the moment it happened. Once you saw that flag on the field, you said you got to put your your offense back on the field. Uh, I didn't think that that it was a smart decision by Doug Peterson, and I I didn't even think that his explanation for it was very strong either. I will read it. He said, and oh, thank you. And Bo Wolf gets the first question. Bo asks him about it, hmm. and Doug says, tough, "I some, felt at that time feedback, we had some, you know." What's that? Situ- a tough feedback situation with the uh, with all of you know, us the, the, the all the mics. Yeah. yeah, so we got you know some. You you would think that uh, people who spend their profession with a computer would be better understanding of what happens with a computer, but not the case with sports writers. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, so, so uh, a lot of feedback. I put a message in on 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 the Zoom. Can you please as the president. <laughs> well, no, not as the president there, just as someone who's yeah. taking part in this. Can you please keep yourself on mute if you're not asking the question? Like, yeah, like it's to brutal. me, it's it's the fundamental Zoom thing, and we're what seven months now in into doing everything by video. It's unbelievable. People should know, and it's not even it it's, it's 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 also not even the uh, you have your volume on for the answers. It's like people who are not not muted themselves, and that's what's really causing the feedback. It's, Exactly. Yeah, because you're not because asking a question. You don't, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, so Doug says, I felt at the time we had some momentum, took the ball down the field. It was going to be fourth and three, I believe, and I wanted to keep it a one-score game at that particular point. I felt like we had some momentum and made the choice to keep the points on the board. So, A, I don't think they had as much momentum as, as, as Doug seems to think there. But B, the one-score game component of it, uh, like it would have been a one-score game 
it, 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 it right. already was a one score game. You right? still need you still need a touchdown. You yeah, need a so touchdown either way. He said he, so. So what you're saying about it being a, a one score game is that if if you miss it and 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 they score, then or and, and they kick a field goal, then it's no longer a one score game. But the one score game part doesn't add up because even if 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 they don't convert, it's still a one score game in that situation. Yeah. Or I should say a one possession game as. As someone in the league has pointed out to me, when you need the two-point conversion, you should look at it like a two-score game. A one-possession game, but a two-score game. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But the, the, I think the, uh, the colloquialism is mm-hmm. – I think you can call it a yeah, – one-possession yeah. game is good. That's fair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But would just you call, because well, it's the, like if it's like if you would you call a four point game in basketball a one possession game because you could get a, a three pointer <laughs> in a foul? I I would not, but it's the, yeah no I I hear what you're saying, but 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 the point that was made to me much different and it was it was reinforced and I think it I think it has validity is is that when it comes to two point conversions, not all teams are created equal. So so teams need to consider uh, how successful they are. At the, at the, at those at, at those conversions when they're making those calculations. Well, and the Eagles went for two early in this game after they scored their first mm-hmm. touchdown to try to make it a uh, twenty-one to eleven. Was that what it was? Twenty-one to eleven. It was twenty-one nine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right? So they it, it was a, twenty-one nine. They were trying to make it twenty-one yeah. eleven. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked the decision to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I didn't like that sort of JV play that they did where they just run out of the huddle really quick and then call a toss right, like just, you know, banking on the fact that the defense is not going to be on the hope that the defense is not going to be ready. Like, come on, you're better than that. Let's call it, let's call a real play here. But it, it, I, I have to go back and watch that one. But when I was watching it live, it obviously did not work. It was on what the other did end you, of us. Uh, what'd you think of the Jalen Hurts package? Now keep it PG again. <laughs> Uh, what I think, I mean, uh, so the the first one was in there. It was it was a nice play to Goddard, um, and clearly there was a tension that had to go to him. That was when Hertz was in the pro set. Then the second play split wide. Third play was in the slot. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I I generally applaud creativity. Like you said it at the top, uh, I'm not sure it's the best allocation of resources. If if you are looking at it purely from the creativity perspective. I mean, I think they're not. I, I think they're looking at the creativity as the bonus, and they're looking at the backup quarterback as as the uh, you know you know as as the draw. I will say um, when you look at the fact that that they made this decision in week two, uh, the way I interpret this, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that they basically had Sudfeld active week one to save face, right? Like the safe mm-hmm. face for Doug saying the whole summer Sudfeld's the backup, Sudfeld's the backup. Uh, I, 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 I need to think that at some point this offseason, whether it was with, uh, it was seeing them in training camp or whether it was the night they made the pick, whatever it may be, they made this determination uh, and it was probably made perhaps over Doug, frankly, and that you know they had told Sudfeld he was going to be the number two. Doug stuck to it. So they go into into uh, week one with Sudfeld as number two. But the fact that they did this in the second game shows you that, or leads me to believe that this decision was made well before this week. I th- I read it a little bit differently. Okay. And uh, I think, I mean, I totally agree that 
this was always going to be the eventuality that like sooner than later, Jalen Hurts was going to be the number two quarterback. And we said it after the very first day of training camp that like this guy is going to take Sudfeld's job soon. But to me, the reason like the, the pushing the chips in now for this game, it sort of uh, felt to me part and parcel with, uh, you know, bringing all of these guys who didn't practice all summer. Uh, you know, the, the Javon Hargrave and the Derek Barnett and uh, Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders getting these guys all back. It was sort of like they realized the historical importance of avoiding an 0-2 start. And uh, they knew they needed to win this game. And so they were like the the team that they thought they were going to be in the middle of the season that had Jalen Hurts as a bit of a, you know, fun part of the offense. Everybody you know, all these guys healthy, they were like sort of trying to uh, speed up the process to get to that point because they knew they needed to win this game and pull out all the stops. I thought that was why they did this in, in week two. And like if, if they had beaten Washington last week, I think Sudfeld would have been the backup again today. Interesting. I, okay. I think they, I, I think mean, they were, I think this was like a break glass in case of emergency hope. And uh, they decided it was time to break the glass. You see, like I, I disagree there. I, I didn't view that as a, as a desperation move, and I'm not gonna be naive to the point to say that that Doug hasn't misled us in the past or hasn't, um, you know, said stuff that uh, to us that that just was wrong. That that, that I, I don't want to say that he lied, but just that he he would say he one thing and he would truth. do another. Um, so I'm I'm not gonna say that that just because Doug said Sudfeld's the number two. They're 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 going to 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 do it for for that reason, but I do think when they brought Sudfeld back, and I think throughout the offseason, they they led Sudfeld to believe that he was the number two, and so I, I think that part mattered, uh, and so I, I think it was done week one to save face, and they probably just made the determination that look like uh, Hertz is the guy, so let's just do it now. Uh, so let's uh, let's hear another word from. Our sponsors, including the absent Dr. Kapadia. This is the Athletic Shield Kapadia here to tell you about Liquid IV. Nobody likes to feel dehydrated. Maybe you get a little bit of a headache, dry mouth. You just don't feel like yourself. But believe it or not, dehydration still occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Maybe you use it after a really intense workout. Maybe you went out socially distanced with friends and had a couple extra beers the night before. That's where Liquid IV comes in. It is healthier than those sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Plus, it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. And Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. Liquid IV is donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. Uh, before the game, um, for the anthem, after last week everybody staying in the locker room, uh, they did sort of a, a mixed bag of stuff in this game. There were a bunch of players 
who were kneeling and sort of arm in arm kneeling. I think it was a lot of defensive backs and a couple wide receivers. Um, and then there were a few players who were doing uh, raised fists. Uh, one of them was Jalen Hurts with uh, Nate Sudfeld's arm on his shoulder. And then everybody else was sort of standing. And um, I thought this was interesting because it went from a, uh, you know, a unified show to um, sort of separate decisions. What did you make of that? I would like to, you know, uh, we didn't get questions in, so um, we didn't yeah. get a full answer on this. I was hoping to ask Rodney McLeod about it, but so yeah, so something of of this nature, I, I certainly uh, don't want to speak for for the yeah, player, yeah. Uh, uh, but I'll say that it's it's an individual decision, and and I think I I personally respect the fact when it's an individual decision. I mean, I mean something like this. I don't think it needs to be this this unified team approach. I I think uh, what one does uh, during the anthem, what one does for anything that that that's that's kind of off the off the field, um, it 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 should be how how they want to express themselves, and it's it it doesn't need to be like as this. long as it's legal. Yes, but it doesn't need to be like this this uh, you know old school football with you know either one person either everyone does it or no one does it. I'm I'm, right. I'm okay with individual expression when it comes to something like that. Hmm. I want to I want to talk more about you being okay with individual expression. I feel like that could be a fun segue, <laughs> I, I a, think a tangent, if you will. No, I think I, I think everyone. Uh, yeah, I, I believe in individual expression. I don't know what the tangent <laughs> is there. I I did have another point about the offense, though. Yeah, let's talk about it. But I, I, if if you had more to say uh, about the anthem, I certainly don't want to step on your toes. I don't. Uh, so look, the offense only punted the ball twice. I I, I thought they they moved the mm. ball. They needed uh, to end more driving kicks. <laughs> you're saying? Yeah, well, no, I, I I thought they were moving the ball decently at 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 times. I mean, they had, um, you know, they fumbled the ball on the opening drive, right? So uh, that's that's a mistake there. Then the next drive, a, mis- a mistake. That's what next Casey drive. Says. Uh, What's a mistake? Was was a field goal, but. Um, you know they were able to get what 45 50 yards on on that drive uh, then they had a three and out resulted in a punt then they had an, an 11 play 71 yard scoring drive uh which which was a, a nice drive uh a, a drive they needed in that situation uh then then came the punt then came the fumble recovery so that was that was good field position uh the interception drive they they moved the ball well um then the interception, then the field goal drive thereafter. They they moved the ball fine. It, uh, there was that ball component, you know. You you look uh, eleven plays seventy one yards, twelve plays sixty five yards, thirteen plays sixty yards, ten plays fifty seven yards. But point being, they were able to yeah to thir- move thirteen the plays sixty yards is like is it makes me yeah uh, but have like I'm an, saying, like, but, it's but like they an were acid able to flashback. Move the chains. It was it was not like this offense that 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 couldn't move the ball. It was, uh, it was just these, these critical errors. And, you know, it's, it seems obvious to come on a podcast and say like you, if you lose the deep, the turnover differential, you're going to lose the game. Uh, but when you look at when the Eagles played the Rams in the past, that was the thing that worked to their advantage was, was the turnover differential. I, I remember that game in 2018 the year the the Rams went to the Super Bowl, the Eagles were heavy underdogs. Wentz, you know, they had just lost to Dallas. Wentz was declared out that week, or he wasn't even declared out. They said that 
Uh, you know, they even flew him to mm-hmm. LA with the bad back. Foles starts, and Foles didn't play outstanding that game, but the defense forced turnovers. Uh, the Eagles did what they had to do. They they win the game. Um, if if you look at at Carson Wentz's interceptions, Miles Sanders' fumble, same thing as last week. You you can't keep tur- they're not good enough to overcome these these turnovers. So I think that I look at the the critical errors that they're making as more of a problem than the offense overall. Yeah, and I mean this is probably the like it's probably the worst two game stretch that I can remember watching Carson Wentz play. So that probably means that he's going to play better over the course of the season. Like I don't I don't think there's a ton of um uh, you know, a ton of examples of a player like just k- getting completely worse in his fifth season. But uh, you know, as as Shield had pointed out, uh, as Ed Fang wrote, that he's due. He was due for some interception regression, so that makes sense. But he's also just you know he's making bad decisions, and uh, like if this is going to be what it's what it's going to be like, then not only are the Eagles in for a bad season, but they have like they have some really difficult decisions to make. Uh, because if this if this season totally craters, you know I think there will be changes to the coaching staff. I don't know if that comes you know at the top, but I think there will be some some more changes. And you have to really evaluate the top of the roster. Like if Carson Wentz is going to be this bad for the first three quarters of the season, you probably got to you probably got to let Jalen Hurts play and see what you have. Well, that I mean, if you do that, I'm, then that's I mean, I'm talking. Well, he's not going to be this bad for the for twelve games, but if he is. Like there comes a point when you need to see. You use yeah. a second round pick on the guy. I I think they used the second round pick for him to be the, to be the backup. But oh, they look, just if, they they used a second round pick on a guy who was going to sit, and a, a yeah, third I mean, round if, pick on a guy who was going to sit. So this offense was so Super Bowl ready, it didn't even need good young players to play. If if you're getting to a point when you're talking about benching Carson Wentz, then organizationally uh, there are a lot of problems. But but to your point, I understand passer rating. Is, I, I understand that can sometimes be a, a, a misleading stat. But this is one of the five games in his career with a sub-60 passer rating. Okay, The other four games are New Orleans 2008, which was one of the worst games you've ever seen, right? Okay, let me, see, let me see if I can guess the others. Although, how many, how many are no, then, after And then the other four were his rookie year. Oh, or, okay. or the other three were his rookie year. So, I was going to guess that Minnesota game last year. Uh, no, it was a Minnesota game in in 2016 okay. um, against against Bradford, and then there was the Cincinnati game 16, which was really bad, and then the Baltimore game in 16. Um, but yeah, so so these are so this game from a, st- a statistical perspective was as as poor as he's played since his rookie year, with the exception of. A forty-eight-seven loss to New Orleans, which was one of the worst losses they've ever had. Bengals so, game. Bengals game next week. Do you think it should start? You think the Eagles should start practice on Wednesday with uh, an Oklahoma drill between Zach Ertz and Rodney McLeod, just so they can both exercise the demons of Cincinnati <laughs> from four years ago? Yeah, seriously. I mean that that was uh, I I remember that game vividly. Uh, the the most overrated like uh, ridicule of of players there have been in a while, but mm. nonetheless, it, it it was transformative for. Zach Ertz. Uh, That's right. But Carson, point blank, needs to play better. And I don't, and the excuses are running out because 
I think last week, the fact that he was under yeah. duress, that was an excuse. Uh, last year, at, at times, the wide receivers were an excuse. I specifically remember that Seattle game last year. That was an excuse. Uh, the There's there's no excuse today. And I think that it, it needs to fall on your $127 million quarterback, $128 million quarterback. Who Who is duress? Am I, am I mispronouncing the, the word? No, I'm just, I like oh, the idea okay. of there being a person named Duress okay. and Sorry. Carson's under him. Uh, but speaking of which, you know, the Rams, of course, killing the Eagles with misdirection today, which which begs the question, is there a misdirection? <laughs> I, I saw that tweet. That was a good one. Uh, that's, uh, that's one of my favorites. Okay. But, but I look, I am going to have a mea culpa here. A okay. moa culpa. I, yeah, I was waiting for you to correct me on that. Uh, I was making the joke on Friday's podcast about how, like, before every time you you play the Rams or all these questions about mm, the eye yeah. candy and the misdirection. It, it turned out that they were right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like it was like they they haven't been aware of of, of this before. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It turned it turned out turned out to be prophetic. Exactly. So if if they play, you know, if if. Uh, the questions come up about the double A gap blitz the next time we play the Vikings. Um, yeah, they're gonna have a bunch of sacks. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, okay. Well, uh, is there much else to discuss about this game? Miles Sanders, uh, other than the fumble, looked fine. Twenty carries for ninety-five yards. Mm-hmm. And he said that three his catches for thirty-six bad. yards. Yeah, he said his conditioning was bad. So you know, good. good and to, uh, so- get him out there for like eighty-eighty uh, percent of the plays and uh, twenty-three touches, but. 20. But you know what? And and look, I always appreciate honesty, so I don't rip on a player when when they're being honest. Mm. But he but he says when he's asked about the fumble, he's like, I'm I'm not using that as an excuse, but I I didn't have a training camp, <laughs> yeah. and so I, I didn't have a scrimmage. This was the first time I was hit. I know. Uh, yeah, like I don't know if 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 that one completely holds, right? Yeah. But well, yeah, I don't think that's one that I don't think that's a quote that uh, Doug Peterson is going to like to read tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, nonetheless, uh, yeah, that was a bad fumble there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it killed him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to point out the, um, this is the fourth time in the two thousands that they started 0 and two. The last time was the 2015 season, uh, which was just a disaster. I mean, mm. Chip Kelly was fired week sit between week 16 and week 17. A tough year for you. So week 17 <laughs> it wasn't a tough year for him. He was, uh, <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then there was the 2007 Eagles, I believe, um, where they they finished eight and eight that year. Uh, they started off zero and two. They rebounded. McNabb missed two games. Fioli was zero and two as the starter for those games. They finished eight and eight. Then here I'm trying to pull it up here. I, I should have been more prepared for this. Uh, That's okay. Yeah, uh, and 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 then 2003, of course. When they finished twelve and four, made the NFC Championship game, and I believe they were they were rescued that year by Westbrook's return. It wasn't in Week Three, but they were they won a game. I think in I could be wrong, maybe in in, in Buffalo, and then they lost another one, and then uh, and then Westbrook had to return to save them. But uh, nonetheless, um, it is history's against you when you start off zero and two. All right, Mister Berman, what's uh, what's to come over the next couple of days from us? So we will hear from Doug Peterson tomorrow for the uh, day after news conference. Uh, and then I, I would like to say we're going to be in the locker room to get a te- to take a temperature mm, of this team. Fun. 
we're not going to be in the locker room to take a temperature of this team. So everything's going to be these these prearranged Zoom calls. And I'm well, the good news gonna... is they do get their temperature taken every day. They do. That's that is correct. Yeah. Uh, and so do we actually yes. when we go there. Um, so we'll get our temperature taken. Now, I've been no, I've what... been a very steady ninety seven seven almost every time. Yeah, I, I was I was ninety seven eight today. Oh, look at you, <laughs> Horizon. Um, but uh, I don't want to. I'm going to make sure this year it's never like the plight of the sports writer because, relatively speaking, we are we're like the last people allowed to get in line to complain, right? Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, so, but I'm I'm just. But saying I mean, from, you know, you can do it. You can do it with a you know a, an appropriate sarcastic distance. Well, what I'm I'm just trying to express, and and I was talking to you today, and and you did a good job, kind of uh, explaining it as well. Is is typically after a loss like this, you're in the locker room, and you can get the mood of the team, or, or you can talk to guys uh, who are not kind of put out by the team on a lectern. Um, the the post game locker room is the is the number one thing that is uh, you know missing coverage wise i think yes because emotions raw and you know and like this you have your hand raised and you get called upon it's very formal and again it's 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 the best that you're that you're going to get in, in these yeah, circumstances this is no one's and fault, you certainly yeah. you certainly understand why it is but from the perspective of of us kind of conveying what's happening to the readers and the same thing going on throughout the week is what we're going to get is probably a very sanitized version of reality this week. Well, wow. and listen, like if this season gets bad, you know, if they lose next week, you know, you've already got one player publicly feuding with the front office. Like there's a chance that things get pretty ugly in that locker room. Um, and, and by the way, that that one player publicly feuding uh, or who he, they, they haven't made him available since then, you know? Right. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, and, uh, but he had and, a monster so five catches for 42 games for 42 yards in this game. But no, he, I mean, Zach Ertz has been an accountable play. Like if, of course, a last week uh, when he has that drop, he would have been at his locker and you would have asked him about it. Absolutely. You know? And, Talks and every same day. thing. Uh, you would have seen him in the locker room this week. If, if you wanted to follow up on, on something. Uh, and, and, and so that you just don't have that. And it's at the team's discretion who is speaking. Yes. Well, there you go. Uh, uh, so, so, so for this week, yeah, we'll hear from players Tuesday. I, 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 I am looking forward to hearing from Jim Schwartz on Tuesday. Uh, Jim Schwartz does not talk after games, and so um, Tuesday will be his first time explaining, as you put, uh, one of the worst games of the Schwartz era in Philadelphia here. Uh, so we'll get Schwartz on Tuesday. We'll get Wentz on Wednesday. And uh, it's it's the Taylor Bowl, so I would recommend. Chio mm. Capati did a really good story uh, two years ago on Press Taylor, when has a lot on his brother Zach there. Uh, so I would recommend going back and reading that one this week. Mm, big Taylor Bowl. You've got Press Zach, and then uh, Bo Wolf, who used to work at a place called Taylor. Correct. Yes. Wow. I wasn't gonna bring that up because I thought all we talk about your the job. angles, all the angles. Very interesting. Uh well Zach yeah I guess uh, I guess that'll just about do it I mean what a depressing time for Eagles fans you're hoping for just you know you you get football season back to distract you from everything that's going on in the world um and it's it's almost it's almost just as depressing yeah you know, the stakes are a little bit lower but 
I feel I feel bad for Eagles fans. It's tough. Before we go, I I feel obligated to ask, how did you do on your U.S. Open picks? Ooh, good question. Uh, Matthew Wolf had a nice long shot bet in, but was not able to pull it out today. And uh, Bryson DeChambeau pulling it down. So I uh, did not hit my bets, but uh, a few came close. They would have uh, had a nice payout. Bryson, I probably should have tagged. He was undervalued as a, I think it was like plus 2,600 before the game, before the uh, tournament started. But he's just so detestable that I didn't want to, you know, you don't, you don't want to put your money there. So, Do you think Bryson was... Uh was fired up today because he heard Nate Sudfeld was inactive? That might be. That might be, of course. Uh, friends from their youth, although I think they've um, led disparate uh, lives uh, philosophically since then. So <laughs> For uh, if for those who, who, who want to understand that reference, make sure you go and read Bo's uh, thing on every member of the offense from before training camp. That's right. Good piece. Please do. And subscribe to The Athletic for 40% off. Or you can get $1 a month deal at The Athletic right now. And, of course, you can go to theathletic.com slash birdswithfriends and make sure that you rate, review, subscribe, download, delete, and all that good stuff. And make sure you vote in November. Correct. Yes. Yes, correct. I agree with you there. Definitely vote. Not for the bad guy or the bad people in charge. You know? (laughs) <laughs> let's 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 try to have a real democracy here. Uh, now we will be back with Shield on. Let's not be the racist country. <laughs> so when so we had originally said we we're going to do Tuesday nights, but are we going to wait for the all twenty two? I don't know. I, well, I, well, just follow our twitters. We'll let you know. I mean, yeah, check I, your check your podcast feed. We'll let you. You'll see when it comes up. I got to imagine our our listeners want to hear Shield's reaction. But if if you are eager if you are eager to see Shields' reaction in real time, make sure you uh, have your athletic app updated because That's in the right. real time component of it, Shield gave what he said was just an embarrassing loss for the Eagles. That's an, as unprepared an NFL defense as you'll find all year. Uh, and then he Woof. went on later in the thing to say this is as this is about as bad a start to the season as anyone could have imagined. So that's the Capadia take. That reminds me, that's an interesting part of the Philly uh, dialect that I think most people wouldn't know. My name, Wolf, pronounced by uh, a thick Philly accent, is always pronounced Woof. Woof. Bo Woof. I don't know why why that is. Hmm. Why does Wolf become Woof? I do not know. I, do I say Woof? Uh, not quite as starkly, okay. but there's a bit of a hint of it there. Okay. I, I need to work on that. Actually. Say my name. Bo Wolf. Okay, that's, that was not bad. Thank you. Okay, maybe that'll be a good, a good drop. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, for uh, Zach and Sheil and Marissa and let's say Matt Pryor. Great game, Matt. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. And as always, we love you.